dust we came and from dust we shall return. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lent, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we are here for but a whisper on the wind, and mm-hmm. I think there's a humility to that we must carry as business leaders, that we are here to care for our families and our communities and our businesses, doing the best as stewards that we can, not only for the quarterly bottom line, but for you know the time we have on earth. Okay, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast with my buddy Josh here. You know, he just said, you know what's not sustainable is having a heart rate above 200 for too long. That is not sustainable. Well, today... We're all about sustainable operations in business, and that's what we're talking about? Yeah, well, it's a hot topic that we've been reading about for 2022 and thought we would talk to everyone about that today. Uh, So obviously, we always go back to Scripture. We think, you know, while I think depending on where you sit in the political spectrum, some people react quite heavily to the idea of sustainability and caring for the environment, but uh, regardless of where you sit, we do believe that it's important to reference Scripture whenever possible, and uh, there is plenty of the that the Bible has to say about stewardship of the earth. Um, Psalm 24.1, the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. And Proverbs 12.10 also says, a righteous man cares about his animal's health, but even the merciful acts of the wicked are cruel. And I think uh, that second one in particular is, is helpful because at the time, obviously this is an economy where your, your economic dependence was on animals. And, yeah. and so as you think about, you know, it's thinking about our business leaders and the consultant and the coach community, you know, it's not just about the animal's health, but it's our business's health. It's those resources, the people, the earth, um, and the other things that we rely upon. You know, there is a recognition, I think, growing recognition in 2022 that there is both an ability to make a profit and to be socially good, whether that is environmentally conscious or the way we think about and care for our communities and the people we are around us. Um, and so we want to talk just a little bit about what that looks like today, at least mm-hmm. in our opinion and our perspectives uh, working with our clients. Yeah, I'm excited. So what's the first anecdote you have? What are you thinking? You know, I think, um, actually, the first thing I was going to bring up was I found this really interesting article um, because this is such a kind of an emerging topic. Um, I actually saw this article by a guy named Rich Hutchinson, who's part of the Boston Consulting Group. Um, and I found it on LinkedIn, interestingly enough. But um, this is a, just a hot topic for a lot of companies. And a couple interesting things he said in here, I thought I would pass along that might be helpful. Um, he says... My advice is that if you want to make a real social impact, find something you can do profitably because if it's profitable, it's scalable. And if a solution is scalable, it can really be powerful. Um, And one of the examples he gives in here is um, Tesla is an example of when it comes to climate change. Tesla has been able to build an amazing brand and a business. It's been an outstanding force driving the shift from internal combustion engines to EVs. Um, another example with the recent COVID vaccines is Pfizer. Um, they actually charge different prices to developed countries compared to developing countries and actually no cost to some countries in greatest of need. Mm-hmm. So they were able to make that, that work economically. Um, and I think, you know, as in my experience working with different clients, depending on the type of business you're in and how big your business is and what you're choosing to do, um, in some cases it may not make sense to go find a brand new service line, of which you know I've done plenty of that for companies to figure out how to find a new business. But there also, as we'll talk about today, might be different ways to just examine your own business as it is today and be a little bit more conscious with what you're doing and how you're applying your resources um, for the good of the business. What about you, Eric? What do you see in sustainability right now with either your clients you're working with or with the medical supply that you're working in? Um, how do you see that? I, I think what, for me, you know, in, in sustainability and in, 
I love what you said. It's about scaling, and I think a lot of a lot of team members, or even you've got to be able to scale because mm-hmm. typically what's going to happen, even though uh, you know either prices go up or we have problems with employees, you name it. But how we how are we going to scale? Mm-hmm. Or even if we're doing something really well, other competitors are coming in. How do we hold them off? Mm-hmm. And you're right. We have to be able to scale. Yeah. And it looks different from business to business. How, how can we be more efficient in what we do? And that's essentially what we've been talking about with the podcast. How can we be more sustainable by learning uh, whether it's being more efficient, leading better, mm-hmm. um, you name it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, also think about um, some leading innovative companies out there, you know, and I've heard of Southwest Airlines actually comes to mind as a company. And obviously airlines is a bit of a challenge when it comes to sustainability, right? Because obviously we know that there's a ton of um, impact to the environment from flying, right? So that's, that's also challenging. But interestingly, they have built a culture, at least when I looked at business cases years ago, um, around how they really empowered their people uh, culturally to come up with new uh, cost-saving ideas. And I think, you know, this is a simple one, and this somewhat connects to sustainability and environmental impact, but I think it was, I believe it was either cups or napkins on the flight. Someone said, wait a second, why do we need our logo on these? Right? Yeah. And so they offered up this idea where you take them off, and it turned out to be worth millions and millions of dollars, not to mention the waste of the ink and the other things required to sort of create, you know, these um, things. So there's actually probably, it was both positive impact, positive uh, environmental impact, positive cost impact, positive bottom line impact, um, right from, you know, the people who know um, the business best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another one comes to mind is, you know, working, I think in general, when we're looking for sustainable ways, you, there's a quote I've heard, you know, that the people who know the solution best are the people who are closest to the problem. Right, and those are usually your customers or your network. Right, yeah. and so in the product market fit work that I've done, you know, the best, most successful uh, products are those that both understand the customer and their problem the best, and actually can solve it in ways that are, you know, among other things, environmentally conscious. Right, you're not just wasting away, um, because I think in many cases that's just no longer an option. Mm-hmm. You know, with with the way the world is is slowly changing, especially here in 2022. Oh, and and with the advent of so many apps, I mean, in the old days, hey, Josh, let's go out and let's split the check. Well, I can't re- remember the last time we're fiddling around with cash. It's like, hey, I'll Venmo you this or I'll Apple pay you this. Mm-hmm. That There are all sorts of great ideas that people have come up with to make something more sustainable. And think of how much time we've saved in... Yeah. You know, by some brilliant person who thought of that. Yeah. Now, you know, you've run you've run companies and I haven't. So tell me how do you build a culture at in the medical supply of people who are keeping an eye out for things like whether it's cost savings, whether it's sustainability, whether it's, you know, and I'm making this up, but hey, let's not we, we don't have to put the plastic on our chairs every single time it goes out because that actually could save us no money and also you know, waste in the environment or something like that. I'm making that up. It's, but, it is um, give and take because some of my employees are really, really good at it mm-hmm. and some are just wasteful. That sure. all get up. So there, there's this tension that happens. So one of the first things is to hire great team members who almost think like business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. 
But second is uh, we have always done, at least in the last several years, done profit sharing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. every time we give out profit sharing, I say, hey, this is how business works. We sell things. We have to pay our bill, and what's left over is profit. Mm -hmm. We believe in sharing on the profit. Well, once that gets into your workforce, I would say 75 to 80% of my workers, they realize, oh, so if we have more profit, we have more to share, yes. Mm-hmm. And so if, if everyone's just going to make their $15 an hour, whether mm-hmm. they do a great job or not, well, then why should they be more efficient? Yeah. No, and I, I can't remember which LinkedIn personality it was, but there's several out there. And one of them was making this, I think, impassioned plea actually around that. And I really appreciate that you do that because um, he, he basically said, look, a lot of CEOs and owners of companies, co-founders get angry and sort of ins- get mad when, they're indiv- when the people in their companies don't think like owners but why would you expect someone to think like an owner when they're not an owner? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so many times you're working on a salary and you get an angry executive who's hopefully, you know, maybe they're listening to this and wonder why people can't, won't work as hard as they do, won't, you know, try as hard as they do, won't think as an owner like they do, think outside the box like they do. And, you know, the first question is, have you actually incentivized them? One. Mm-hmm. Two, I think, have you realized and inspired them to sort of give them, taken the freedom, given them the freedom, I should say, to... Uh, explore new ideas in a way that's that's functional. Have you given us some guardrails? Because usually people need that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and this gets into the proper incentives and motivators for every single team member. And what happens is when we have team members on our team with the wrong made motivators, mm-hmm. well, we've just incentivized them to do the wrong thing, and that will take down a company. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And that that actually goes back to our, you know, our. If you haven't heard our podcast last week on employee experience mm-hmm. and the importance of doing motivational um, motivator assessments for at least your executive team, if not everyone, and giving them a personalized plan. Uh, we have a blog post about that as well. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, and I think the other piece too is then, as a company, I think you have to talk about the things that matter, right? And, yeah. And I think over and over and over again. Exactly. And so I think in 2022, what what I think you know I would encourage you know, and I'm talking to my clients about this, where I can is examining the values of the company, and if there's an opportunity to embed something around sustainability, you know, community mindedness, environmentally conscious. You know, whatever, some connection, right, to the values. There might be an opportunity to revise or add to, go from four to five values, go from five to six, modify number four, whatever, you know, whatever, so that you can indicate and directionally guide your people by holding them accountable to the values and the strategy that there is an importance you're placing on how you care for the environment, how you care for the sustainability of your company, how you care for your community, whatever that might be, and however you want to position that. there's several things you can begin to do with how you set the language in your organization and the expectations. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that one. Um, the, the other thing I think, <clears throat> I'd be curious on how much you've done this, Eric. Sometimes it's easy for folks to get um, caught up in how little they can do by themselves, right? You might see something in the industry for example, that you could change personally, but wouldn't make a rip of a difference across, you know, the medical supply industry, as an example. Yeah. And one company can't stand alone. And so have you seen any tips or tricks or um, ways to leverage associations or other industry leaders or finding key opinion leaders on particular topics that matter to you to then drive change at a broader scale? Well, I... 
I, I think to drive change on a broader scale, what works best is to start on a very small level and make sure it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. So for example, take the medical supply industry that I'm part of, which is, you know, hundreds, uh, you know, thousands of stores across the nation. Well, it's one thing for me to pitch idea to all thousands of stores if I can't make sure it first runs on one retail location. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would start in one department in one location, make sure, hey, this works. Then I'm going to, you know, send it out to my four or five stores. Does that work? Great. If it works there too, then what I would do is then as I go to our industry meetings, I'll bring it into like a continuing education and then pitch it that way. Mm -hmm. And that has worked really, really well. And that's actually when people will come to me. And I think what, what, what really makes a lot of people irritated is if I were to go to the industry and say, hey, here's this great idea we should all do. And it hasn't been beta tested yet. Mm -hmm. How have we done it on a small scale first? Right. Yeah. No. That's and that's a good way to test test anything. And that actually begins to allude to another topic. I think we have coming up in one or two weeks around this growing um, need for a coopetition. Mm -hmm. Right. This need to figure out how to cooperate with our competitors for yeah. the greater good. Mm -hmm. Right. In ways that help each other. Right. In this sort of merging of industries, merging of competitors without formal merging. Right. That's another oh, big topic in 2022. So folks can tune in and check that out i think in one or two weeks i don't remember i think it's two or three weeks um yeah because next week's on agile um you know i think i think the why this important um i think this is important for a couple of reasons one is um the at least the reason i thought was quite simply i think from dust we came and from dust we shall return right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is lent right mm -hmm. i mean we, we are here for but a whisper on the wind and mm -hmm. i think there's a humility to that we must carry as business leaders that we are here to care for our families and our communities and our businesses doing the best as stewards that we can not only for the quarterly bottom line but for you know the time we have on earth um and even if you don't share faith with us, I think it's an encouragement to you to just remember that we are but a blip in eternity. And so, you know, leave things better than you found them, right? It's sort of the old motto. Um, and I think that applies to businesses. It applies to the environment. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it applies to camping. That's it gets yeah, a really. motto, right? Um, so think about that, I think. Um, what, um, what else? Any other thoughts or ideas, Eric, come to mind before we talk a little bit about sort of the how and some of the checklist of things folks might think about on this? Well, I, I think well, let's jump into the how. Yeah, we yeah. can only you know the especially the larger the organization, we can only do it if our team is bought into mm -hmm. how we do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I've had lots of great policies or great ideas, but if those underneath us aren't bought into it, yeah, they're going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and how how what's an example of how you've been able to get folks to buy into new concepts, new ideas? They have to understand the why. Why sure. do we do this? Sure, sure. And not mm -hmm. only the why, they have to be bought into the why. Yep. And then it has to be easy enough. I say, okay, hey, here's this great great new idea that we are, and there's 38 points on how to accomplish this, and mm -hmm. everyone would like. But I like using my pen and paper that I've been doing for the last 20 years. We ha you know, it's one of those mm -hmm. things we have to sell them on the idea, but also equip them how to do it. And it's yep. got to work. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, and it's a great point. I mean, I've done that with countless executives where we, we work. That's kind of the change management process, mm -hmm. right? Where you identify what the strategy is. You identify the key things that have to change. In fact, I've got a client right now. We've, we've developed an entirely different um, organizational structure that's very progressive and very... Um, 
different than what anyone is used to, and it's a set of merging companies. And we've been able to basically bring along the teams by you know demonstrating what's really um, valuable about this change. We've been able to demonstrate how it connects to uh, the strategy of the company and the goals we have, the changes in the industry that are coming, and the fact that it will actually help everyone do their jobs better. And it's mm-hmm. been it's been successful. So. Um, yeah, that's a great. It's a great approach. I mean, just getting people bought in is, is key to sustainable operations, or really any other changes that no. people want to make. And, I, and as we get people bought into whatever we're doing, whether it's a new widget we're trying to sell or a more efficient way of running our business, um, I have found it also it, it it really helps to paint the picture of what victory looks like at the end, and not only mm-hmm. say, "Hey, this is what it looks like to win the game seventy five seventy three. But then also tie it into the feelings. Man, that's just going to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be excited and uh, stoked with passion as 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 that happens. So mm-hmm. if, you know, mm-hmm. in a, hey, did we illustrate what it looks like? Did we show them how to do it? And how does it feel mm-hmm. 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 to get there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, good. I think the other thing you know is start small, right? Start yeah. small. Start. You know, in this journey, especially if it's not something you focused on as a, as a leader or a company, you know, start with yourself. Mm-hmm. See what you can do with your own routines and and <clears throat> what you focus on, both personally, as a family, in your in your, in your work life, how that affects what you do. Um, if you started already there, you can work to your executive team. I think leading this conversation with sort of your first tier of direct reports, folks you see and work with on a daily basis, that's that's the be- next best space to begin. Because it's really you want to start small, especially in these new concepts that are sort of emerging trends in industry. We need to think about crawl, walk, run. Um, before you then get into the idea of promoting something company-wide, right? And to your, your, to your point about getting bought in, I think one of the things that came to mind for me, and I've seen this work in other, um, other dimensions, has been, you know, promoting... Uh, with part of a concept, promote people bringing ideas to the forefront, mm-hmm. like giving folks bonuses or giving them some recognition for, among other things, in this example, sustainable operations. If you see something that helps us achieve A, B, or C, then bring that forward, and, and the top three ideas get you know a five hundred dollar bonus or something like oh, that, yeah. right? I mean, and and or whatever that might be to kind of. Be appropriate in your structure. If people yeah, and are even the same thing is we're like everyone else. It's 2022 and 2021 was the year of the Great Resignation. We've been having a hard time hiring new team members. Mm-hmm. Well, we switched it where our on-site team members here in the United States, if you refer some to us, you get five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for you know bringing your buddy to us. My yeah. offsite team members in the Philippines they get two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. We've had so many great team members join our team since we've started offering those incentives. Yeah. And for that, okay, we have a good incentive. If yeah. I say, hey, here's a five dollar coffee cart, well, that didn't incentivize anyone. Right. So it's what what is it going to cause people to move the needle? And if you, if it doesn't move the needle, well, let's come up with another incentive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's where with something like sustainable operations, people have plenty of ideas, and they just need a they need a channel to both you know indicate what they should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Will then focus their eyes where you ask them to typically um, get bought in and then have a have some sort of channel to communicate those yeah. ideas right to the organization to the executive team um, and it can be really powerful yeah and you know even on other sustainable things I even like my my team members that work remotely and work from home they have an IT budget 
you know, hey, they're like, well, what am I going to do with this money? I'm like, it's your money to help you work faster. Get a second monitor, get a nicer keyboard, get a nicer mouse. So it's one of those things you can put things and just encourage them to work better and faster, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing I would see, Dave, and a lot of companies are doing this, but I, but I think there's a wide degree in how thoughtfully they're doing it, is promoting you know company serve days, mm-hmm. right? But not just serve days for the sake of having a serve day, which if you're doing it for team building, you know, great, it's, that's fine. But if you are trying to reflect the values of your company, and if the values of your company are, are have already embedded or you want to embed something around sustainability in the environment, um, and being socially conscious, pick organizations intentionally that reflect those, that help you live those out in a different way, but it's still your values and you're caring for, you know, whether it's picking up trash or whatever those things might be, whatever that looks like, you know, do it thoughtfully, not just a all hands on Saturday to random events. Place, oh, absolutely. Right? Which is what a lot of companies do, and there's reason for that. It's not, I'm not, not downplaying that. But if you are trying to be intentional, there's also some, some thoughtfulness you can give to where you serve, how you serve, and how, that, how then you communicate that it reflects their values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and things I love about community serve days is you, you hit two or three birds with one stone. A, you're taking care of your community, so there's more buy-in with it. Number two, we're working alongside our team members, so you get to know, hey, if I'm working with you, hey, Josh, tell me about your kids or what you like to do. And so, and then you're Mm -hmm. learning teamwork, so it's not like you're just doing one thing. You hit three birds with one stone on a simple four to eight hour surf day. Right, right, right. Um, And then I think lastly, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit, but I think the other big opportunity, especially for folks in the consultant and the coach community who they typically have access to that others won't in your organization, is thinking about these larger scale opportunities. There Mm -hmm. are things that are bigger than your organization that you can't just stop consuming, you know, a certain type of product necessarily until you get more people on board. You can't shift the industry from maybe you see an opportunity around this type of product to this type of product in the supply chain or something, but it takes larger scale negotiation, whether it's a a buying company that you might use as a part of your organization or an industry association, right? As you see those, think about ways that you can um, leverage those larger groups for greater impact. Absolutely. So, all right. Anything else for today? You know, yes, I have lots more, but that's for next week. That is. And, and, And it will roll into, you know, where do we go from sustainable operations? What's next? So another topic that we've been reading about and looking forward to chatting about with everyone next week is agile organizations and what that means. I think we're going to talk about that from a couple of perspectives. Mm -hmm. One is just agile organizations from a being nimble, adjusting, but also agile is obviously used pretty heavily in the technology sector. And so what that means and how do we apply that to businesses, both that are technology and non-technology. And I've even thrown thinking, agile thinking thinking versus fixed thinking. Right, right. So there's several dimensions of agile we'll we'll get into next week. Um, And until then, you know, you wrote wrote another really good blog on this. Reach out to us. We're here to help uh, those. And uh, until next week. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys.